Most of us spend a lot of time on our relationships, dating, sex, soulmates. What if soulmates are a tier instead of a person? What if we get more than one? And is dating even the best way to find one? How do we find those mind-blowing connections? This is Thirsty the Podcast, the download on sex, dating, and soulmates. Hey, everybody. Well, today's our uh, season finale. We're wrapping up season two today. It's very exciting. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about a lot. We had a lot to say. Had some special guests. It was very exciting. Um, Right now, we're going to start off with a little bit of a conversation about soulmates. So if anybody is a fan of Mindy Kaling, you may have heard of something she uh, said on one of her shows on the Mindy Kaling show talking about best friends. I think this is something that women especially tend to understand. Best friend is a tier. It's not necessarily one person. It's a tier that you reach and you reach that best friend level. So it kind of made us think a little bit about soulmates, you know, as people that have been through divorce that meet people that come in and out of our lives. Um, maybe we should think, maybe we should be thinking about soulmates that way too. Maybe being a soulmate is a tier. Maybe it's not a person out there in the world that you've got to, you know, rifle through and find that one person. And it's a big mystery until you locate your soulmate. And then, you know, everything's happily ever after. Maybe that's not really how it works. In fact, it's probably not how it works. Um, so what do you think about that, Laura? What do you, what do you think a soulmate is? I mean, it makes for a great movie, that idea <laughs> that like you're out there finding that one person, but then also it's kind of depressing because what if so many people never meet that person? And then it's like, that they just never like get to that point? I don't know. Um, I do think that there are so many people I've had really important connections with. And I think those connections were meant to be, I think I've talked about this on other episodes that like I've connected with people, I think often for a reason that it was very meant to be. And I think that, um, those connections are really valid and real and valuable. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's just like that one person and you're just like bopping along, like waiting to see when you meet them and then you'll just know when it's this thing, like it just, I don't know, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I don't think that's how life works. I have a real issue with, there are certain things that people talk about that I personally, let's let's just get right to the meat of it, that I have a problem with. And one of those things are, you know, I've got to find my soulmate or I need to find my purpose in life. I need to find my passion in life. And the way people talk about it, it's like, it's some game show And it's like been thrown out there into the universe and it's a big challenge and a competition to find that thing, find that purpose, find that passion, find that soulmate. And just like, shouldn't it, maybe it's not that complicated. Maybe you've already got it, you know, like maybe your purpose is living in the moment. Maybe it's being right where you are. Maybe it's being present. Maybe it's paying attention. Maybe soulmates are all around you. Maybe it's not some mysterious game show where you got to find them before you die. And if you don't like choose your own adventure in the right way, you messed it all up. I just don't believe that's how life works. Also, I think you can just like talk yourself out of it, like put so much pressure. Like if you think about it in terms of a relationship, like, is this my soulmate? Is this it? Well, like, are you happy with the person? Are you growing with the person? Do you see them in your like? okay, do they have to also be your soulmate? Like, do they have to check all of these boxes and also be your soulmate? And what if they're not? And then it's like a whole thing, like, 
No. Or do they make you happy? Are you happy? Do you want to stay in this relationship? Great. Do you not want to stay in that relationship? Then don't. But I don't think things hinging on whether they're your soulmate is probably a good way to make your choices. Yeah. Well, I think also makes people stay in things a lot longer than they should. Like I think about, I'm not going to name names, obviously, but I know real life people that are married, miserable, and they're just like, well, he's my soulmate. Like they're really, they really hang on to how it used to be, you know, like, oh, it used to be so wonderful. And I'm like, well, it's been kind of sucky for like 10 years, (laughs) you know, it's like, maybe they're not your soulmate anymore, or maybe it's just time to move on, or maybe something really needs to change. I promise I don't try to talk people into getting divorced. I really don't. (laughs) I really don't. (laughs) But I don't know. It just makes me think about things that way that like, you know, people have this idea there's only one. And then when you find them, that's it. Hang on to them for dear life. And it's just like, I think that actually could do a lot of damage. I, I really do. Um, I wonder too, if it keeps you from actually like growing because you do get stuck into like the, what it was rather than like growing and evolving. And sometimes you grow and evolve in a way where that person you're with just doesn't make sense. And you know, you don't make sense anymore as a yeah. couple. Um, but if you're clinging onto that idea of what it was, then you're never going to be happy probably. Yeah. I mean, I also, when I think about soulmates, I guess I have like a, a, a different definition of soulmates than some people. Like, I don't think it's necessarily a romantic thing ev- either. Like I've had friends in my life that I would call them soulmates, you know, and they're just my friends, you know, they're, we're there for each other through thick and thin. Um, I would say out of everyone though, in my life, if I had to pick just a like very tiny group of soulmates, it would actually be my siblings. Mm-hmm you know, not a romantic connection at all, because I'll tell you right now, there's a few of my siblings that I trust them with my life. I really do. Um, they've been there for me and we've been there for each other. Um, more than husbands and partners, <laughs> I would say in many cases, um, it's just like that level of understanding each other and being there for each other and encouraging each other that goes deeper than a regular connection. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I just think we can expand that. Like, I really do think of being a soulmate as a tier. It's not a person. It's a tier. I think you can have multiple soulmates throughout your mm-hmm. life. Sometimes it is romantic. Sometimes it is. Although I will say, I don't know if I've ever had a romantic soulmate. I, I don't like that term doesn't make sense. When I think about that term, it really makes the most sense to me when it comes to my siblings. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. I, I just, I just haven't. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I would define any of my past relationships in that way either. Um, again, they've had really strong connections, really important connections, but I also think that there's that piece of like really feeling like it's a quote unquote soulmate connection is both of you being really open and willing to connect on that deeper level. And I definitely have not been in a relationship where I think both people have felt in that way. And we're really like open to those types of conversations. Anybody I have dated, if I brought up the term soulmate would have just barked all over themselves. Like, like, what? like you know, so I definitely cannot pinpoint any relationships I've been in where soulmate would have come into the conversation for sure. Yeah. I just really think hard about like some of the terms we use, you know, and like, sometimes I really wonder, like, does it benefit us as a society to use those terms like soulmate and fairy tale love so and, old fashioned. And again, yeah. so like movie-ish, like there was a movie I loved watching growing up and it was, um, Marissa Tomei I love and, her. um, oh, now I can't think of the actor and I'm really disappointed in myself. Robert Downey Jr. I think. 
Yeah. And she grew up looking for her soulmate and her brother made up the name of somebody who was her soulmate, like in like a dare game when they were like in middle school or something. And then she's about to get married and someone calls with that name. And so she runs off to Italy to go find this person by her, this name, because she feels like she can't get married until she meets her soulmate. Um, and she goes on all, all over Italy. So it's very beautiful because they're all over Tuscany and she, on these like adventures of her trying to meet her soulmate and all this stuff. But she was like so obsessed with. So when I think of soulmates, I think of that movie. I don't remember what it was called. And she up. just like had to like, could not move on because she felt like she hadn't met her soulmate, which was this name of this fake person, basically. Um, I don't know. It's just such like an old, old school idea. And I think it kind of speaks back to when you got married when you were 18 and you stayed with that person for 50 years and like the divorce wasn't really something that happened. And so relationships are just so different now. I know. I don't know. You know, I have, you can talk about this forever for the rest of your life. Right. And I just like, I always think about things like that, like fairy tale love and soulmates and all of those things. And I just, I, there's really a part of me that thinks it does a disservice to people because it does not feel realistic. Have I loved someone? Yes. Have they loved me? Have we been through really horrific situations, you know, where we supported each other? 100%. I think that's real love. And I guess the way that I think about love is grittier than that. Like it's not living in this like fairy tale world. Like it's, it's, you know, like I'm thinking about soulmates. Like I remember my kids, I went into labor at 20, at 24 weeks. My kids were born at 26 weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, who just showed up at the hospital, my sister, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know she was coming. She just showed up. She was like, hi, I'm here, <laughs> you know, and that's what a soulmate does. Yeah. It really is. You know, and there was, uh, there were, there was one time ago, I was going through a really tough time in my marriage. She just showed up. She was just there. She was like, A, we're going to go talk to a divorce attorney. B, then we're going to go drink a lot and go to a movie and sit outside and have dinner. And I was like, this sounds great. You know, and it just Mm -hmm. like meant a lot to me. Like, I think there are those kinds of people that you have in your lives. It's not necessarily a romantic thing. And also it's not, it doesn't seem like a fairy tale. It's more like they're there for you and they love you in a real way. I just like some of that movie stuff. I just, I don't know if that. Well, also it's like, if you can't meet the bar of this, like forever soulmate idea, then on the other side of it, are you a failure? Because that's kind of the other side of the coin, right? It's either this forever soulmate fairy tale situation, or you failed at that relation and you're, you're, you know, that relationship failed and everything is downhill from there. Like there isn't like a good spin on the other side of that. Yeah. And we've talked about that a lot, you know, do soulmates stick around forever. Then maybe it was really wonderful for like 10 years. Like we're talking about romantic connection. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was really wonderful for 10 years and then something happened, you know, and it went sideways. And I don't even know if that means it failed. It it doesn't necessarily take away from the fact it was really wonderful for 10 years and then it was over and everyone need to move on with their lives and do something new and different. And I don't think that's bad personally. It's just yeah. life. Yeah. Agree. Um, okay. So that kind of leads us into talking about breakups, which is a Ugh. big part of life. I mean, that's yeah. a, you know, if we want to put one. it in our show, romantic breakups, um, 
you know, speaking of how long people stick around, what does it mean when you break up with someone that you thought you'd be with and that would be around for a long time and then they're just not there in your life anymore? It's hard. It's really hard. (laughs) You're a little emotional on that front. (laughs) Yeah. Having, um, yeah, I'm being in the the breakup boat right now. Um, yeah, I have a hard time with like letting all of the things go. Um, even if I'm the one who does the breaking up, I think I tend to be more of the breaker upper. Um, but I still, it's like that person was so familiar. You've been dating them for, with them for a certain amount of time. So you just know them so well. They know your stories. You have inside jokes. You have all of this established so it's really hard to just like let that go because it's so comfortable and nice. Um, and the thing about restarting that with someone new can be a little bit scary. And then I'm like such a future thinker, like that's just how I'm wired. So like in my brain is always like, Oh, well this summer we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And then I'm like, I have to let all of that go because I'm not going to do that, those things with that person anymore. Um, and that just, Oh, it's, it's really hard for me to like untangle all of those things because it's, it's hard and it's sad and it's disappointing and you wish it could have gone different. And you think back to when your relationship was so good and you're like, what would we ever fight about? You know how you're like in the good point of relationship, like, what would we ever fight about? We're great. Like, and then you're on the other side of it and it's so sad. And it's, ugh. yeah. Well, what do you think about, I'm trying to figure out how to ask this question. You know, we've been talking a lot about how sometimes people see breakups as a totally negative thing. I don't know that that's how we talk about it. That sometimes it's just recognizing the end or things aren't compatible or it's not a fit or it's not working or people aren't getting what they need. And it is really sad a lot of the times, but that doesn't mean it was the wrong thing, you know, and it doesn't mean it was a negative thing even. There's that piece of like not letting things go on longer than they should. Like my most recent breakup is hard, but I think it would have gotten to a point where we probably wouldn't have been very happy with each other. Like it would just would have dragged on. And then that's where I think a lot of just like not nice feelings come out of it versus ending it when it is the appropriate end point. And, you know, hopefully like I can, I don't know how you are with this Heather, but I can speak to all of my breakups usually end with us still deciding it's somehow we're going to still talk or be connected, not in a regular way, not in a dysfunctional way, but there is no, like you're banned from my life forever, fiery train wreck situation. It's still like, there's a lot of respect and communication and there isn't like a, a lot of ill will toward the other person. I think I've been in situations where we both acknowledge, like it just, this isn't work anymore and we move on. And I think that's a mature way to kind of go through a breakup. Um, I don't know if you've had similar experiences to that. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, we've talked about this a lot too. I think people really do themselves a disservice by thinking positive changes go along with being easy or happy. And really, I think it's the other way around, like making good choices for yourself. Sometimes it's hard. It makes you really sad, but it is the right thing. If you want your life to be better, you got to think long-term. And, you know, so everything's trending in a more where you're evolving, you're growing, you're learning things. And I think the worst thing you can do is hang on to something that's not for you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I really see breakups as a positive thing. You know, as long as nobody lit an atom bomb or anything, as long as nobody like did something horrible to the other person, like I'm talking about normal breakups where it's just like, Hey, I'm not feeling this anymore, or it's not working, or we want different things, or I'm worried I'm going to hurt you. And I do care about you. And I don't want to do that. Um, or any time alone, 
I think those are all positive breakups. They're hard. Mm -hmm. Everybody cries and it's sad and you miss that person. But I think in the end, it's a positive thing. It means you recognize you were at the end with this person and you didn't hang on for dear life because you were too scared, you know, to let go. You cannot be scared of letting go. You're going to be fine. You really are. But you just have to take that leap of faith and believe in yourself. It's going to be okay. You need to let this person go, even though you're going to miss them. And I think if you have the courage to break up with someone, I see that as everyone being authentic. What are you going to do? Live your life pretending you're okay with it when you're not? That sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think too many people lie to themselves and other people when it is really time to walk away. Yeah. Or having that other person resent you because some people will stay because they, they feel bad. They don't want to let you down. They don't want to make you sad or whatever the reasons are. And I think down the road, they can resent you for that because you probably are inevitably going to end at some point. And then there's just this kind of like feeling of, well, we spent all of this time unhappy because neither one of us was willing to acknowledge what we needed, or I stayed for you. And then there's resentment. Like it just doesn't, makes sense. Like there's usually not a mystery when people are unhappy in a relationship. It's just whether or not they're willing to have the conversation and talk about it and have the hard conversations, which people don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who wants to do that? It's not fun, (laughs) you know? Um, well, and we're kind of dancing around it. So both you and I have had recent like breakup situations Mm -hmm. that have happened. So why don't we, I think we should talk about both of them because they're very different. Your breakup was very different from mine and had different circumstances. Um, you know, for you with your recent breakup that you're going through as much as you're willing to share, what are some things you learned through that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been super hard. Um, and you know, I miss talking to that person, And I think we're going to try and connect in a couple of months just from like a a friendly point, because, you know, what I think where it's really hard, it's like, well, I never, we both are like, we don't want to not talk to the you again, but like, what does it mean for us to still be in contact? And I think that's where it's always really hard to figure out what that looks like without being in a dysfunctional situation where if you're broken up, you're broken up, you're not going to talk to each other every day or see each other regularly. But I think there's somewhere in the middle to figure out. So I like that because again, I don't want to end on a, a negative note or just like disappear into a black hole. Like you never existed. Like, I don't like to go about life that way. Um, but I have, don't have any regrets from it. He is a great person made me so happy. I learned a lot during that relationship, a whole, whole lot. I grew a lot. Um, and I think what I really learned too, is like, I was holding on to that relationship really, really tightly because I was so worried about rocking the boat. Cause I knew for a little while things were like, you know, probably not in the best place just because our life situations were very different and it was hard to come to terms with that. So I just held on so hard because yeah. I was so worried about it ending and what would it be like if it ended? And then I started to not care as much about what I needed from it because I didn't want to rock the boat. And I just started to be, you know, I was happy when I was with him and I wasn't happy when I wasn't with him. And that's not really the place I want to be in. Um, so even though, again, it's so hard to let go, that's the hardest thing. Let me tell you, like, it's so hard to let go and walk away from someone, even if you care about them, but there are certain things that just won't work. But you know, I don't regret having a really great relationship with somebody who enriched my life. And I got to learn about somebody new and spend a lot of great time with a great human. So no regrets, sadness for sure. But I don't know. I feel like I 
if I can walk away from it, learning so much from it, then like that was a good experience in my life and something that I'm happy that happened. And I learned and I grew during the course of that relationship. So, and I hope that he did as well. Yeah. I mean, and I remember you and I talked about this a little bit. I think it's good. You called it off when he did, because as you mentioned, it wasn't, it wasn't working the way it needed to, you know, and I even saw as your friend, like you were not, as, it felt like you were like not happy more than you were happy with, you know, the, the overall situation. It just was not working. Like you just mm-hmm. know when it's not working anymore. And I remember something we talked about, you were one way you talked about it was, I think if I keep hanging on to this, it's actually going to make me not like this person anymore. Yeah. I mean, it would have just turned into resentment and I I think he and I both would have just had ended up with negative feelings about each other versus how it ended was both of us finally kind of just being real and honest about things and having, I did, I mean, I had some points of anger in this breakup for sure, because I was like, you know, there were certain ways where communication would have made things better. And we probably wouldn't have dated as long as we had, if there had been some better communication with things. And I think that, you know, I'm hoping is kind of a growth point for him because I feel like I've worked really hard on my relationship communication skills. So I've only had some anger points in this breakup and struggling, but not nothing where like any of us would have walked away actually angry from it. I just needed to get my feelings out. And I think he understood that. I hope. Um, but yeah, it would, it would have been like a, such a train wreck if we had continued on for six more months and then, you know, neither one of us would like, if the relationship isn't serving both of you and what you need, then it's probably not the right relationship. And I don't think it was serving me for what I wanted out of a relationship. And I don't think it was serving him. I think we were two people who really liked each other, but we're all adults with kids and lives and things happening. And it, on, it's on, sometimes just not enough that you like each other. Yeah. So. Stop. Well, you said something too. It made me think about, um, I'm trying to think the way you put it, you were talking about how you were hanging on to the relationship And it kind of feels like whenever you don't want something to end, like, you know, you and I are pretty good about recognizing the end of things and be like, okay, we're at the end time to move on. Um, But I think it's different when you actually love that person and you don't want it to end, but then it's also not working. Those are the really hard ones. Yeah. That's where it's so hard because like your logical brain can work through it all. I'm like, well, these are all the reasons it doesn't make sense and blah, 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 blah. Like and you get it. You're like, I just can't work this out. Like, I really just don't think this relationship makes sense in any way, shape or form. But then the other side of your brain is like, oh, but I love this person and I love spending time with them. And I can't imagine not having them in my life. And we spent all of this time and we've been getting to know each other and everything about between us is so great. Like, and it's hard to like separate that because you want, you should go to the logical side because that's probably the best choice for everybody, but it is just really hard to walk away when you care about that person and you have to acknowledge that it just doesn't work and that's not fun. But again, we're not dating in our early twenties where we're unencumbered and can choose where we live and what we do and how we spend our time. Like when you have kids and you're locked into living in a certain area because that's where your kids go to school, that's where their other parent lives, all of these things that kind of anchor us to an area. That's where it's hard to date you know, people with kids, because if you both have kids and you don't live near each other, and again, we're in the Chicago area and it can be a widespread distance, um, depending on where you live that, you know, things can't always work the way that you need it to be because you have to put your kids and the rest of your life first. So, 
yeah, relationships, romantic relationships actually are not the priority at this stage in our lives. It's more of like nice to have, important, good part of being like a, a 360 human, but our kids, our jobs, our are, you know, that part of our life is always going to be first. It just is. And if you don't have room for something, the romantic relationship is the one that's going to go. Yeah, for sure. What about you? What about your current situation, Heather? Well, mine was very different. Mine was very different from yours because, you know, you were in like a very like serious, serious relationship that had been going on for quite a while. Um, I met someone earlier this year and He's really great. Honestly, he's probably one of the best people I've dated ever. He's really not, he's so sweet and so loving and he really puts an effort in. He's very, he's a great communicator. Like he's very open. He'll try things. Um, we have a lot of fun together, you know, all, all kinds of things. It, it was just great, but we only met a few months ago. Like, it's not like yours, you know, we new, we have not dated that long. I have realized, you know, having all my self-realization, that's the thing about divorce. It, it really provides this opportunity. We keep saying that's the gift of divorce. It brings up these many opportunities to confront yourself with what are the things you need to work on personally. Honestly, it's not anything I would have ever addressed when I was married. I think that's the downside of being married is you don't work on yourself. You get really comfortable and you're like, oh, I'm folding laundry. I'm this, I'm that. And you're not out there being challenged. You know, you're, you're already married to someone. I don't know that I would say you push each other to to be more most of the time, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I don't want to speak for other people's marriages, but I'll just speak for the divorce aspect It has forced me to confront things about my life. I've had to rebuild my life. Cause you know, getting divorced, rip it all apart. Um, go through all that. It's really tough. Um, you know, and in this year, my divorce finalized, I was laid off from a job. I found a new job. I bought a house. Mm-hmm. We applied for a puppy. Um, you know, I've been dealing with a lot of stuff with my family, my family of origin. Um, I just have a lot going on, a lot going on. Um, and I deal with a lot of not trusting myself. I have a lot of emotional things I'm working on. It just got really overwhelming. And there was, um, one day and I had just gone back to visit my family a few weeks prior. And that always kind of messes me up, to be honest, a little bit. And I was messed up over that. Um, and all the changes I had going on my, in my life. And I was really starting to question, I don't know if I can date right now. I don't know if I can, like, I I have this person in my life who is so wonderful, but I'm like tapped out. I got nothing Mm -hmm. for anybody. Like, I don't have anything for myself. I'm so tired. And my house was, I remember on that day, my house was a wreck and we were supposed to go on a date. And I was like, I don't even want to clean my house. Like, do I have to do that? Like, it just started to get to where it was too much. It was too much for me. Dating was too much. And it had nothing to do with him. Honestly, he was wonderful. Um, I think also it's the closest I've gotten to where I have skin in the game where like, I Mm -hmm. actually care about this person and actually have feelings for them. And like, we went on a trip together. Yeah. It's a lot, you know, and I know it probably sounds dumb to everybody out there, but that's kind of a big deal for me. My whole life, I've always been in situations where I can get out. Mm -hmm. I can get out of it easily. I'm not that emotionally invested. You can't hurt me, all of those things. And this situation was challenging that in me. So I just had one day, I called them. Well, and I also had this thing where I think I was listening to my friend's advice too much, which we're going to get to that, I think, in the next thing. But um, 
you know, and I just called him. I said, I don't know if I can do this and I don't want to hurt you. Like, I really don't. I, but I don't know that I can go further. I don't know that I have it in me to like, we're at the point we've been dating three or four months. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't like, this is kind of the point where it's like, are we in this or not? You know, like, are we dating other people? Are we like, what's happening here? And there were feelings. I mean, we were traveling together. We were seeing each other and we don't live close. Of course, we were seeing each other two, three times a week. I wasn't getting alone time. I was sucking at my boundaries. I will say that. Um, and I just said, I don't think I can do it. And so I broke it off and I don't know. And then it just kind of didn't stick. So we're trying to figure things out. Actually, we went on a date the other night and then we're going to see each other this weekend, but we're just figuring it out. I still don't have things figured out. Um, but I think it's just kind of what happens when you get a divorce. Like, and I know I'm just speaking for myself. Like I'm just going through a lot right now as a person and it's very confusing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm just like rebuilding my life and I don't know what I want it to look like yet. And this person who's really great, but I always have those questions of like, can I, I have expectations of myself and I don't think it's, it's cool to hurt somebody else. I really don't. And so I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to like have my mess hurt somebody else. Um, you know, and I just have so much, I don't know. There's so much unknown. So we're just trying to figure out what does that look like? And is it healthy? Cause if it's not, then we probably shouldn't keep dating. Um, yeah. And it's know. so hard when you've been dating someone for a chunk of time and then, you know, there are choices where you have like, you know, are you still seeing other people? Are you just seeing each other? If you're just seeing each other, what does that mean? Does that mean it needs to have a label or can it not have a label? But then if it doesn't have a label, then not that labels mean anything, but it kind of helps you understand like how invested am I in this relationship? How invested does this person feel in this relationship? Like, it's just, it's hard because I feel like they're, I mean, I'm sure there are people who can date casually better. I can't date casually. Let's just put, so it's either like we get into a relationship after a few months of dating each other exclusively, or I don't know what we're doing here because like, I need to know how invested I should be getting and all of those things. And it just hard, it's hard because as more time goes on, like yeah. you get more connected and what does that mean? And are you, where you're at, are you ready for that? But if you're not ready for that, then what does that mean? And it's tough. Well, and I'm the exact opposite of you on that front because labels freak me out. Do I want them to be seeing other people? Do I want them to be sleeping with other people? 100% no, but I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to put a label <laughs> on it. I just want it to magically be happening. It's not going to be official. We're not going to like put a stamp on it, you know, which makes things, honestly, my way is really complicated and difficult and makes everybody frustrated, including myself. I recognize that. But it's just, I don't know. I'm the total opposite. I don't want to put a stamp on it. I don't want to make it official. I don't. But then if I find out they're going on dates with someone else, I'm like, excuse me. Oh, that's a gut punch. Because obviously they should not want to be looking at anybody else. But I think right. there's also the other side of it too, where like how safe and comfortable does that person feel in that relationship? And maybe they feel like that they can't just invest there because they don't know how invested you are. It's like a totally big situation. I'm a nightmare. God help everyone who dates me. I'm not like, I'll be the first to say I'm a nightmare. I am. I'm confusing. I don't know what I want. I, you know, other than I want to have fun. I want it to be real. You know, I want it to be meaningful, but what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I'm very hard on myself when it comes to dating, but you know, lest anyone think I, I think I've got it all figured out. I do not think that this is a good segue into something that I've been thinking about. Um, because I actually saw a clip I w- maybe we can play it on our socials or something, 
but it's a clip from the Drew Barrymore show where she mm-hmm. talked about, cause she's been divorced, I think multiple times, <laughs> two or three times. Um, sorry, Drew, if I'm getting that number wrong, but she said, my advice is do not ask your friends for dating advice. They don't know. They're just projecting their own thoughts. They're not the ones doing the dating. They have their own interests and sorry, it's just, that's a bad thing to do. I think she's right. Cause that kind of led to this break. It was, I was at, you know what I was doing? I was talking to all my friends, trying to get advice about what to do. And you know who I did not talk to the person I was dating, which is the 100% <laughs> wrong way to do it. And I get so mad when people do that to me. I'm like, you talked about me. You did not talk to me. And that's so disrespectful. It's totally true. I should have talked to him about how I was feeling. And instead I blindsided him. You know, we've been talking through it and I was like, look, I, I screwed the whole thing up. This was all my fault. And I know that. Um, but I, I, it, that really got me thinking like, why am I asking my friends for dating advice? You know, like I, I think in an effort to be humble, I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. That's just me abdicating responsibility. It's me. Um, I don't know. Like, why am I doing that? Don't ask your friends for advice. They don't know because, you know, they gave me advice. And then afterwards I was like, that's not what I wanted to do. <laughs> that wasn't what I wanted to do. You yeah, know, I think it, it depends on who you're talking to, because I think some people like, again, like what is their life experience? Where are they at? If somebody hasn't dated in 10 to 15 years, then no, they have no concept of what this looks like. Um, or, you know, quite honestly, they don't know how relationships work when you're in your forties and have kids. They just don't, they don't know how that works. Like that's not their concept of relationships are, well, we met when we were 22, just out of college or we met in college or like, it's just so different. Um, but I think there are some people who can give really great advice depending on how their life experiences match up. And I'm not saying me in this situation and whatever we talked about as you were pondering this breakup, but (laughs) I think about the person who does my hair color, who I see every month and I love her dearly. And we were talked a lot about my most recent relationship and she always gives me the best advice. It's like therapy, but I also get my hair done. So it's a great combination. But part of the reason why she's been so insightful and helpful during kind of where I've been struggling with this relationship is because her relationship is very similar and her partner has very similar communication styles as the person I was dating. And so I would get a lot of valuable advice from her, but none of it was reactive or like, you know, like she had no stake in the game as far as like how things went or whatever. I'd see her. She'd go, okay, I'll see you next month. Let me know how it goes. But beyond that, like, you know, it's, doesn't matter to her. She just has life experiences that match. And I think that's why we ended up talking about it a lot, but other friends who may be very well-meaning all they can say and support you, they're supporting you as your friend, which is great because they care about you and they love you and that they will advocate for you and all of those good things, but they don't understand the full scope of what, you know, what that dating situation really looks like at this stage of life. Yeah. So what does that mean with where you're at with dating? Where am I out dating? (laughs) Back on the market. Mm -hmm. As you do, I tend to be someone who does not take a dating hiatus after a breakup. I know people approach this very differently. I don't, I dive right back in. I don't always make the best decisions when I dive right back in. So I'm trying to do better this time. Um, But um, yeah, I'm definitely, my dating apps have been reactivated and I realize how much I hate that entire process. 
Um, but I was thinking about this last night about kind of that, you know, there's a lot of beauty in making new connections with new people. Um, and I know Heather, you have felt this before we've talked about it. Like it's allowed, I think both of us to connect with people that we probably would not have met in any way, shape or form during our like regular lives. And there's just like, I don't know, like my past rounds of dating, I've met a lot of interesting people and a lot of connections that have been important to me, even if they weren't big connections. So I'm kind of curious to see what this next round of dating brings for me. And, you know, it's funny when you kind of match with and talk to some people where like, clearly it's just not a fit. Right. And you're just like going through the motion of responding to things, but you're like not excited about it. And then you hit on one person who you are really excited about because there are a lot of similar interests or they're a very interesting person for whatever reason. And you just like connect in a great way. And whether it turns into more, it's a good reminder that those connections are definitely out there if you're looking for them. So who knows? Who knows what this dating adventure will bring me next? So one thing that I think is going to play, because you mentioned this with your last relationship, boundaries. And we're always talking about this. And I think it's really hard, like, Boundaries are a big thing in dating. Um, I know for me, it's always been hard for me. I am getting a lot better at this. I'm saying no a lot more than I say yes. And I reframe it as, you know, I don't think saying no is negative because really what it is, you're saying yes to yourself. You're saying, I need some time at home alone. I need to go to the gym. I need to do this. Instead of letting your life be run by all, as we know, when you are a mom and you've got a full life, there are a million people who want a piece of you and learning when to say no and set that boundary. And that is important and real and putting yourself first, putting your oxygen mask on first is really important. I think I'm getting a lot better at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like this last relationship was the first relationship I probably have ever had where I didn't lose myself in it. Cause usually I do like skip the things that I want or need to be doing in order to spend time with that person or kind of just rearranging my stuff to match their stuff and all of this. And I feel like I did a really great job and partly dating somebody who needed to have boundaries because they had a child and who I think in general was good with their own personal boundaries, sometimes to, <laughs> to a degree where maybe that hurt us a little bit, but like he had really good boundaries And that really forced me to kind of reflect on what I wanted from that relationship and with my time and all of that. And over the course of that relationship, like all of my workouts and my gym stuff and everything I'm doing increased and I'm hitting goals that I wanted to hit. And I'm doing, uh, you know, we launched this podcast right when that person and I started dating. And so we've been doing all of this stuff. My career is great. My house is great. Like, I feel like I've kept myself in check during that relationship. And now that I'm thinking about it, like coming out of the relationship and going through a breakup, my world's not crumbling. Things are great because things were great for me personally throughout that relationship. So while I'm sad to not be with that person, everything else in my life is exactly where I would want it to be because I didn't put those things to the wayside. There are no pieces that I have to pick up now. Like I'm exactly where I should be. I'm just not in that relationship and that's okay. That's a good point. Like maybe the reason everything falls apart is because you weren't taking care of yourself. Yeah. Because if you are thrown deep into a relationship where you're letting things go, are you letting your friendships go? Are you like, you know, what are the other things that you maybe you're not as tapped into? And then when that person's out of your life, you all of a sudden realize, oh, 
I haven't seen my best friends in months because I wasn't prioritizing them or I haven't seen the gym in months or whatever makes you happy and feel good. Or my, you know, job is struggling because I was blowing it off to like, go see that person I'm dating or whatever happens. Um, but I think it's really easy to kind of just let things flounder a little bit and justifying it. Oh, but I'm, you know, I'm investing in this person. I'm so happy with them. They make me so happy but you're giving up all of these other things, they go away, all of these other things are a mess. And then it like doubles down on how bad you feel about that breakup because everything else around you is, feels terrible. Yeah. Well, and I think this conversation really applies to everyone, whether you are married, whether you're in a relationship, whether you're single, like no matter where you're at. Then I also think about like when I was married and like, we're coming off of Mother's Day. So this is like fresh on my mind. All of those moms who have so much to say about, like, it's, it's like an epidemic, like, and I would say almost universal, oh, my partner screwed it up, you know, this whole thing. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. They need to do better. And that conversation drives me nuts because A, guess what? There's a lot of people who don't have a partner at all. So just stop. And also B, um, why are you dependent on someone else giving you what you want? Just do what you want take care of yourself. Like I, I think we're just so bad. Moms especially are so bad at, we'll do everything for everybody else. And then we're so tapped out. We expect someone else to fill our tank. It's like, no, fill your own tank. You need to have boundaries. Like those boundaries come into play, whether you are married, single, or in a relationship, they always matter. No matter what your circumstances are, what are your boundaries? Hey, I'm going to leave for a little bit. I'm going to go to Target. I'm going to go to a movie. That's what I'm doing. You know, like this whole idea, like we got to get permission from somebody else to do that. I, I, I have a hard time going with that. And I think that's something I learned as a divorced person. Whereas in the past, I would like get permission yeah. from my partner to go do oh, something yeah. I needed to do. Can instead I of do like, this? Yeah. Can I, I go? About it. And like, sometimes my friends would invite me out and be like, oh, I can't go. My, my partner said, no, like we're five. No. You want to go do something, go do it, go do it. Um, you know, going back to mother's day, I think my best mother's days have been since I was divorced yeah. and going into it, I was sad about, it. I'm like, Oh, I'm not going to get to sleep in and the, whatever I thought that like were the good things about mother's day when I was married. Right. And then I think about all the times where I'm like, yeah, I was kind of expecting my partner to do certain things that didn't happen. And I would get, I had a lot of mother's day where quite honestly, I cried a lot. Um, and since I've been on my own for my mother's days, they've been really great. The kids rally together and they do special things for me as they should. And it might be a cold ego waffle, but that's okay. Um, or I set up certain ways where like they can be helpful and like, I'll buy iced coffee and have it in the fridge so that they can serve me coffee in the morning. Cause they know that's important to me or whatever. Um, so I found little ways to shape it for my own this year. I packed a picnic, took the kids to the park for mother's day and, they played at the park for three hours and ate snacks. And I sat there and watched TikToks on my phone and I was incredibly happy. It was a great day. So not relying on someone else to make my happiness for something like that is really fantastic because I can make it whatever I want. I can set whatever rules I want for that day. Yeah. Well, I still remember this stuck with me when you were talking, your birthday was recent. 
And I remember in the, you were, had some anxiety in the months mm-hmm. leading up to it. And I remember, and I, it didn't strike me as unusual. Cause I think this is the way most people talk about birthdays and special occasions. You had a boyfriend at that time. And I remember you had talked about like, I wonder what he's going to do. I wonder what he's going to figure. I wonder what he's going to plan. Like the whole birthday success was dependent on what mm-hmm. somebody else was going to do. And I remember there was one day where you said, you know what? I've changed my attitude. I know what I want to do and I'm just going to do it. Why is it critical that somebody else do this for me yeah. when I already it know what I want to do? It wasn't his responsibility to do it. I wanted to stay in a hotel downtown. So I booked it and I did that. And I invited him to spend the weekend with me and we had a ton of fun and no one felt bad about anything. And he took me out to dinner and things that are normal birthday things, but it, cause it was, a, you know, it was a milestone birthday for me. So I was so hung up on how I'd seen other people celebrate their milestone birthdays and they had partners who threw them parties and all of this stuff. And I'm like, I don't know, like I can plan my own fun. I'm fine. Like yeah. I'm not a child. I can plan my own birthday. And I didn't, it was great, but yeah, I had to really flip the switch in my brain that like, there was no expectation on anybody else to do anything for me. I am an adult with a job who has the ability to plan her own birthday and have fun. And I did, and it was great. So, yeah, like I, I've really started, I've taken that into heart. Don't be a martyr. It's mother's day, not martyr's day. And I think you can <laughs> apply that to your entire life. What do you want to do? Are you unhappy in your marriage? Effing fix it. You don't like it. The other person's not going to get in there and work on it with you. Maybe you should get a divorce. You know, like these whole things where we just become martyrs and like, oh, it's just the path my life took. No, you make choices about your life. What do you want? Do it. You know, this whole idea that is dependent on somebody else. I get real passionate about it because I'm just like, if it's not working for you, stand up, do something about it yourself. Um, yeah, I say that that with like, I don't have anybody help, but I have no family by me. Like, I'm not like someone's like, oh, it's so easy for me. No, it was not. It was not effing easy. I had, I left my house and I left everything behind. Um, but it was because I knew, I knew I had to go. And so like, that's what I say to like people now, like it's not working for you. Do something about it or ask for help. Like, don't just sit there and think it's magically going to change. Well, people do this with their jobs too. This is kind of a tangent of mine, but it's just like, they are, can be so vocal about how unhappy they are with their job. All right. Then find a different one. Like, why are, <laughs> yeah. why are we, why are we having this conversation? I not on a date one time with somebody who told me, he's like, I'm just not the type of person who's ever going to like his job. And I'm like, well, I'm the type of person who loves her job. So I don't think this works because that's a lot of your life. And like this complacency of like, well, I'm just never going to like this. Well, okay, sorry. Like, I just don't think that, and that's very different than like, go out and find your passion. I don't mean it in that way. Like, but like, there are other jobs, there are other avenues. You're an adult. You can read, you can Google things. Like, what do you want to do? Figure it out. Like find something else, submit resumes for different things, go back to school, like figure out what you want to do to make yourself happy. Because going back to the, you get one life, you get one, like this is your path and you get to choose what your path looks like. No one else is going to do it for you. Yeah. I'm going to just so we have time to talk about yep. this because we promised we would have this discussion, uh, sex. Mm-hmm. So sex and the role that it plays in our lives, you know, something that I think pops up a lot, especially if you're dating, um, that there are all kinds of point of views on sex and emotional connection and how it works. And I think something we've run into a few times is that there are people that have to have sex to create an emotional connection. Yeah. And there are people that need an emotional connection 
to have great sex. And I think it's interesting that like, I, I always thought it was one particular way. And so I've been shocked when I've met people who think differently. I was like, what? Um, and so I, I don't know. And I feel like people that are on opposite sides of the fence meet each other and they go out. That's how that works. But, um, you know, for you, what comes first, great sex or great emotional connection, or how does that come into play? I mean, I think I need the most of the time, like the baseline of like a good connection before there will be more there. Because I feel like I just, I don't know, like, I feel like sex helps that grow over time, but your baseline comes from like really connecting with that person outside of the bedroom. Yeah. Although I will say I have proven myself wrong. That is also how I feel. Like for me, the times I've had really great sex, it's been because I had a really strong emotional connection with that person. We were both very open-hearted. Like I, I would say there was one person I dated earlier this year where it was like, oh my goodness. And I think part of it is we were just very, we were also very, I was going through a lot of emotional trauma. He was going through a lot of emotional trauma. So to be honest, it was not hard to create that connection because we were just both so raw in the way we were feeling. Um, So that was going on. Normally I am that person, emotional connection. And then we have like a great physical life, but I had, I mentioned this before, I had a one night stand twice two one night stands last summer for the first time in my life. Cause I mean, I was just like what you and I were talking. I was like, I don't know this person. I don't care about them. There's no emotional connection. Why would I sleep with them? That was always like how I felt. And then this summer, one was a total accident and I'll be honest, that one was not so great. And I was like, "Mm." I mean, it was fine. We had a fun night and all that. And it it was not a bad experience. I was like, "Mm." but then the second time I tried a one night stand, it was kind of incredible. (laughs) And I did not know that was even possible. I really didn't. I, I would, if you would have asked me before that I would have been like, hands down. No. Like, and if you would have said like, you went on a date and had a one night stand, it was so amazing. I would have been like, oh, you're a liar. And you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, turns out that that is possible. So I, I don't know. Like you're, I think we're learning every day. Like everything we think we know is wrong or, and there's more to it. Like that whole binary, what's right, what's wrong. It's not true. There are, there are shades of gray across everything. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say like, I categorize myself in two modes at like one night stand mode or like connected relationship <laughs> mode. <laughs> like I can't go in the middle ground, but I feel like one night stand sex is not necessarily as, it's not as great as like an actual like relationship, someone that you know, and are connected to, but yeah, it can be fun and fine and whatever. But I think they're kind of different for me, different categories. Yeah. Maybe it depends on like, if you meet someone where you're very like in the same, um, world when it comes to like sexual styles, then yeah. probably it works really well. And I think that is what happens to me. Cause the first one night scene, I was like, eh, this is fine, I guess. And the second one, I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> like, actually we tried to date after that and they were like, well, no, that part doesn't work. But the one night we had was amazing <laughs> at that. I always remember it. Yeah. And it was great. We had a really, it was a great time, but, um, so that kind of leads us into sometimes you have an emotional connection with someone you really like them. You're really into them and then you sleep with them and maybe it's not great. So what do you do about that? I mean, I personally don't think I've ever experienced this to be honest. Um, great, great. (laughs) I'm I'm happy for you. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think like this has been like, a. I don't know. I, but I think that there's like that piece where I think communication is just so key here. Like 
Is it something that you can communicate about together and figure map out a plan and figure out how to work on it where it's comfortable and good for everybody and all that stuff? Great. If one person is feeling weird about it and isn't comfortable opening up and it's kind of, you know, causing some tension, then no, like, I don't think you can move past it. And I think sex is a really important part of a relationship. So if it's yeah. not really fantastic, then uh, I don't know. I would probably want to find somebody that it's really fantastic with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will say I struggle with this sometimes because I don't know. There's a big part of me feels like it's there. Or it's not. And like, yeah, you can make it better, but I don't know if you ever go from not great to amazing. Like yeah. that's a really long path to ask it to take. But then the flip side of that is I've been in plenty of situations where the sex was great, but they were kind of garbage, <laughs> you know, like the relationship was kind of garbage. <laughs> so then like, then that part's not working. And so, I mean, I guess if you find someone where it's firing on all cylinders all the way through, then I guess you'd better hang on to that situation. <laughs> I know that's what my last breakup was. And it's really disappointing. Um, no, cause it is hard to have all of the things line up to like really care about the person and enjoy them in and outside of the bedroom. Like I think sometimes you get one or the other and you try and talk yourself into whatever that situation is. If it's great sex then you're like, Oh, but I can learn to like want to hang out with them more, but it's like, no, you really can't. Yeah. Okay. So it's been a while since we started this podcast now. And so, and I'm thinking a lot about like where we're at in our approach to dating I know for me, my answer is not clean cut because I don't think I know. I really don't. I know that I, I think as I've gotten healthier, there are fewer and fewer and fewer men I want to go out with. Like, you know, I would say over the last, I don't know, six months as I've been swiping, I think I've been on three dates total like with three different people, you know, on one person I dated and the other two were like, went to coffee or like, eh, not into this. And that was really it. Like, I just am not dating much anymore because I think my bar has just gotten to a point where like, I want someone who's real. I want someone who actually wants to get to know me. I want someone who goes to therapy. I want someone who seems pretty healthy and they've got a life going on. Whereas in the past, like I just kind of, it was just dating. Like I just like, whatever I'd go out. And now I'm like really looking at real connections. And I think it's because I'm healthier and I'm able to be more, look someone in the eye and actually be present and actually want to get to know them. Um, I think that's really made it. So like, there's not very many people out there that are appropriate for me to date. I'm not in party mode anymore. I want to have fun, but you know, someone that's just separated, they're not the right person for me. Someone newly divorced, not for me. Some man who's coming out of a marriage and now he wants to sleep with 800 women. That person is not for me, you know? And, and so like the dating pool at our age is full of those people, full. So if you just want to go have a good time, you can do that. But I want to have a good time and actually get to know someone in a real way and have feelings for them and, and like get, and like actually build something real. And that's just rarer and rarer, I think, as you get healthier. Yeah, I think that you do hit that transition point. And I think about how I dated right at the beginning and even like, you know, the beginning of last year. I mean, clearly like a lot of my episodes on this podcast are like me <laughs> making decisions that weren't the best when I was kind of like newly back into dating again. And I think this has kind of been my turning point of 
you know, I'm really happy. Like I said, with all of the things in my life right now, I'm very confident in who I am and what I want for myself. And I think I'm also seeing like my more of like my adaptability of what I see for myself, which straight out of my marriage, I didn't really know what I didn't know what I wanted. And I didn't know where I wanted to be more flexible or be stricter. And I think I've learned those boundaries a lot. Um, and I think, you know, I definitely don't need to be dating anybody. I like to put myself in situations where if I meet someone that I want to date, then that's great, but I don't need to be with anybody for any reason whatsoever. Like I like you, like I want to have fun. Like I'm hoping to meet someone to have a fun summer with. And if it's more, it's more then that's great, but I'm not going to compromise on who that person is on how I feel around them on, do we have things in common or am I trying to just force this because I want to be dating somebody Um, so I think I've, you know, all of my relationships since my marriage, I've learned a lot from, and I think each time I'm, it's like those stepping stones to like being more equipped to have even better relationships. Cause I feel like each relationship I've come out stronger and better and more sure of myself. And I think that continues to carry me toward, um, not my soulmate, but like, hopefully like another, like longer term relationship, I would be happy to find. And I think it has taken all of these stepping stones to get to a really healthy, great place where I'm a great person to date. And I will be more likely to attract the person that I want to be with. Yeah. So I think it would be a good way for us to wrap this up, which is the way you wrapped up season one. But as we go through life, we're going to keep learning what let's talk about what we have learned about ourselves. Cause as we've said, this podcast is about us. It's not about the men. It's not about the dates. It's not about all the external stuff. It's what are you learning about yourself? How are you making your second chapter better than, you know, divorce is a gateway into a better life. And part of that is looking at yourself and, and improving and learning and doing better and growing. Um, and so what have we learned about ourselves while dating? Um, I think that would be a good way to close out. Yeah. I think I definitely used to be willing to kind of settle for crumbs. Like I was so insecure that whatever, whoever I was with would give me was enough. Right. Um, they didn't feel like I was good enough. And I think that also kind of reflected for a long time in who I chose to date, what I was, again, what I was willing to accept in relationships. Um, and I think I've hit the point, like I said, like, I'm very happy with myself. I understand my own self-worth and I think that changes everything for me. Although I think that's also the reminder that, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks sometimes. And I still have to relearn some of those things and remind myself as somebody who has had to cancel two dates this weekend, because they were not people that I should be going out with. And I, it's hard for my brain to like, check into that of like, no, like, don't be nice here. Like, if you don't want to go on this date, don't, you can be nice about it, but don't go on the date. Um, so I'm constantly, I think it's just that reminder, like, just check in with yourself on what it is you really want, what it is you really need and be true to that. Yeah. I know for me, the last two years have been huge. I've learned more about myself in the last two years, probably than ever. Laura and I had a conversation off the podcast about how we've learned more about ourselves post-divorce life than we ever did when we were married. And I think divorce pushes you to do that. Like you're in different situations, meeting different people. You have to do so much more yourself. You have to, it doesn't matter if you don't think you're strong, get it together. You got to do it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You have to get things done. 
Um, and I think that forces you to really learn and grow much faster and deeper and bigger than I know I ever had to do when I was married and things were comfortable. I'm not comfortable. I'm never comfortable. And that makes you grow and become a strong, badass of a person. It does. Um, and I know for me, where I've gotten lately is that I had a major self-realization over the last year that I spent most of my adult life and probably most of my kid life too, avoiding being vulnerable. I didn't want to admit someone had hurt me. I didn't want to let someone hurt me. I have a lot of childhood trauma. I have a lot of adult trauma. And the way I coped with that was you can't hurt me. And what that means is that I also always have an eject button. I always have one foot out the door. I never have skin in the game. I never really commit. I get into situations where they can't hurt me because I don't think that I don't actually think they're that great. I'm fine if it's over. And I do that on purpose. And you know what that means? That means I'm never in a loving relationship. That's what that translates to. And it's all my fault. That's all my choices. Um, but I recognize that. So now I have an opportunity to change that. And I think that's actually what I've been going through with the person I'm dating now, because he's so wonderful. And I'm like, oh yeah, let's break up with that person. What? You know, because it doesn't make sense to have an eject button. So I want that eject button. Um, and so that's why I'm doing, I'm acting like that, you know, and I think this inability to be vulnerable, it really impacted my love life in a bad way. I avoided getting hurt. Um, I put myself in situations where I could take it or leave it. No problem. And I would settle just because it was easier. It was easier than like doing the for real thing. Like, oh, I actually am in love with you, you know? And that's just, that is scarier to me because I'm a mess, <laughs> but I, that's my big lesson. And I don't know that I'm the only person that lives life that way. Who wants to get hurt? Nobody. But I think getting, allowing yourself to get hurt, as long as it's not like the life ending sort, um, that's how you grow. Like you're going to live your whole life where it's easy and perfect and comfortable or get out there and live it in a dirty, gritty way and learn, you know, like, I feel like when I get to the end of my life, I want to feel like I lived it all. I used up every drop. And I think that's what I have learned is that part of that is being vulnerable. Don't, don't just play it safe settle because it's easier. Okay. Well, thanks everybody. This was a good season. We have some ideas about next season that we're going to go away and work on. Um, I want to make sure to put out there, follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. We want to hear from you if you have things to say. We also have a website um, with contact information, all that. If you have a, a dating story or something you want to share with us, we always love hearing those things. Um, or if you have anything to say at all. Also, Please rate, review, subscribe on all of your podcasting platforms. That way you're not going to miss it when season three starts, which won't be that far away. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. Still thirsty? Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and all your favorite podcasting platforms. Because sometimes life leaves you wanting just a little bit more.